Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 67 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 150 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended September 28, 2019. Welcome. I've always thought, folks, that when we got to the point when we were at the beginning of the end, that the list would balloon in length as we started down the road to getting rid of this regime. First, I want to thank all of you who turned out last weekend in Washington, D.C. and around the country where we marched. Over 10,000 of us in D.C. alone marched to the nation's capital, stood on the grass outside the capital, which is the picture in last week's list and chanted, you work for us. And that meant both parties, you work for us. And we demanded accountability. Three days later, Speaker Pelosi, and that is this week's picture, announced a formal impeachment inquiry, the fourth in our country's history, and the first related to foreign interference and encouraging that in attack of our, our using our the head of our country using his office to attack his political opponents with foreign interference. And one thing I have said all along on this podcast and at my events is whatever Trump gets away with, he will continue to push boundaries and do worse. Having gotten away with accepted, accepting foreign interference in 2016 without repercussions, there we were out in the light of day asking Ukraine to do the same for him in 2020. And that's all we know about so far. I have a strong sense, 99.9% sense, that we're going to learn more about Trump asking other countries for help. And we're going to talk about, as the impeachment inquiry unfolded this week, already signs that we have beyond Ukraine of issues relating to Russia, issues relating to Saudi Arabia. And if you've been listening to this podcast, it comes as no surprise. I think what we had is finally our Congress listened to us, we the people, There are things every week we've talked about that would rise to the level of an impeachment inquiry. But finally, they decided to put their foot down and do something to hold him accountable. And as we go through this week's list, you'll see that as things started to unfold, it's well beyond what happened in Ukraine, even if the impeachment inquiry is narrow around a specific country and a specific set of events. We're starting to see much, much more and many others within the regime get entangled in what is happening now, which is a formal impeachment inquiry. I also just want to note, it's remarkable that it took 150 weeks for a courageous whistleblower to bring Trump's actions to the light of day. We've had these highly decorated and reputable officials that worked in the regime who resigned or were fired and said nothing. And as we already know from this week's list alone, there was much more that could have risen to the level of a violation of our constitution and our democracy. But finally, we have one brave whistleblower who has stepped forward. They tried to cover it up, but here we are. We're going to get into this weekly list, which is 225 items, 10% longer than the second longest list, which was 206. Um, And quite a bit to chew on and quite a bit as well in the chaos that get lost. So This week, we'll take you through the wind-up to impeachment, which is historical. And again, the photo accompanying this week's list is Speaker Pelosi on Tuesday announcing 
an, a formal impeachment inquiry. But we're going to talk about all the other things as well that kind of got lost in the chaos this week that are also moving ahead, all the other court cases and various filings. So I'd like to start off, you know, I'd like to talk about things that are not normal or noteworthy as we start off the list in the bullets. On Sunday, the Washington Post reported that so far 18 House Republicans have announced plans to resign, retire, or run for another office in 2020, imperiling the GOP's chances of taking back the House in 2020. Since Trump's inauguration in January 2017, nearly 40% of the 241 Republicans who are in office then are gone or are leaving due to election loss, retirement, or quitting in disgust. On Monday, a report by the Brookings Institution on turnover of the White House A-team jobs, that's the most senior jobs, found 78% of those senior positions have turned, and 31% have turned more than once since Trump took office. The author of the study, Catherine Dunn-Tempest, told NBC News, quote, it's historic, it's unprecedented, it's off the charts. Adding, in 32 months, Trump surpassed, quote, all of his predecessors, who served four-year terms. On Monday, in an op-ed on the growing threat to journalism, New York Times publisher A.G. Salzberger said Trump was ready to allow a Times journalist to be arrested in Egypt. The reporter's native Ireland got him out. So just sit with that for a second, folks. So now we're going to get into the weekly list and sort of how things played out starting last Saturday when the Washington Post reported Trump's call with the Ukrainian President Zelensky, which took place the day after Robert Mueller's public testimony, revealed a leader convinced of his invincibility, which we've talked about as well. Trump criticized Democrats for what he called, quote, the, U the Ukraine witch hunt. Some Democrats expressed concern that House Democrats' unwillingness to impeach Trump has only encouraged his lawlessness. On Sunday, Trump told reporters he discussed Biden on the call, saying it was, quote, largely the fact that we don't want our people, like Vice President Biden and his son, creating to the corruption already in the Ukraine. Trump also told reporters the call was, quote, absolutely perfect, adding, quote, it was a beautiful, warm, nice conversation, but added the Bidens, quote, were involved in a lot of different things that took place in our country. On Sunday, Senator Mitt Romney was the lone Republican to speak out, tweeting if Trump, quote, asked or pressured Ukraine to investigate, quote, his political rival, directly or indirectly, it would be troubling in the extreme. On Sunday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told this week that Trump 2020 rival Joe Biden should be investigated if he improperly intervened to protect his son from an investigation in Ukraine. On Sunday, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told Meet the Press that there was, quote, no connection between military aid to Ukraine and Trump's interest in investigating the Bidens. When asked why Congress should not see the whistleblower complaint, Mnuchin said, quote, I think that would be a terrible precedent and added, quote, I think things are being implied that just don't exist. On Sunday, Rudy Giuliani made an unscheduled 11-minute rambling appearance on Fox News Sunday, calling out various Ukrainian officials and George Soros for being involved in a vast criminal conspiracy. Oh, those Jews. Like, every time you see George Soros, it's the Republicans attacking Jews. It's like the moniker for anti-Semitism for them. 
Giuliani cited, quote, Ukrainian collusion aimed at influencing the 2016 U.S. election, saying of Hunter Biden's business dealings with China, quote, when the rest of this comes out, it will be a lot bigger than Spiro Agnew. This is where I need to point out that these are conspiracy theories that have been disproven. On Sunday, House Intelligence Chair Adam Schiff told State of the Union if Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate Biden, the only remedy may be impeachment, saying, quote, we may very well have crossed the Rubicon here. Schiff added Trump, quote, sought foreign assistance and welcomed foreign assistance in the last presidential campaign as a candidate. He is now doing the same thing again, but now using the power of the presidency. On Sunday, the Washington Post reported House Democrats are becoming frustrated with Speaker Nancy Pelosi's unwillingness to move forward on impeachment, with one saying on oversight, quote, we've been very weak. Speaker Pelosi said in a Dear Colleague letter sent on Sunday to Republicans and Democrats, quote, if the administration persists in blocking this whistleblower, they will be entering a grave new chapter of lawlessness. Pelosi also signaled in her letter a, quote, full new stage of investigation. Meanwhile, New York Times reported Trump aides told, Trump told aides that the Democrats are overplaying their hand and worked to focus public attention on Biden instead. Several freshman House members conferred over the weekend with one saying in an interview, quote, there are lines being crossed right now that I fear will be erased. Influential chair Adam Schiff also shifted towards impeachment. On Sunday, an NBC Wall Street Journal poll found 69% of voters say they do not like Trump personally, regardless of his feelings about his policy agenda. Just 29% say they like him personally, and 25% approve of his policy agenda. On Monday, Trump claimed the Nobel Peace Prize is rigged against him, telling reporters at the United Nations General Assembly he, quote, would get a Nobel Peace Prize for a lot of things if they give it out fairly, which they don't, adding Obama, quote, had no idea why he got one. On Monday, Facebook removed a patriotic I Love America page with 1.1 million followers after discovering it was run by Ukrainians and had become heavily into pro-Trump and conservative content in recent weeks. On Monday, the Washington Post reported Trump told acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney to hold back almost $400 million in military aid to Ukraine days before his call with Volensky. Office officials at the Office of Management and Budget, which Mulvaney heads, relayed the orders to the State Department and Pentagon during a mid-July meeting, saying Trump had, quote, concerns about how money was being spent. For two months, regime officials told lawmakers who had been given bipartisan support for aid to Ukraine that delays in the aids were due to an interagency process. The aid was finally released on September 11th. GOP senators on the Appropriations Committee said aid was held up because Trump was assessing if Zelensky was pro-Russia or pro-Western. The ranking Democrat threatened to free spending if the money was not released, and finally it was. On Monday, a senior official said the money was held up over concerns about, quote, a lot of corruption in Ukraine. Trump repeated that his call was, quote, a perfect phone call and said he was considering releasing the transcript. When asked about withholding aid in exchange for an investigation into the Bidens, Trump told reporters, quote, if you don't talk about corruption, why would you give money to a country that you think is corrupt? 
Trump also said, quote, Joe Biden and his son are corrupt, adding, if a Republican ever did what Joe Biden did, if a Republican ever said what Joe Biden said, they'd get the electric chair right now. On Monday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell accused Democrats of trying to, quote, politicize the whistleblower complaint. Republicans largely remained silent about the complaint, except for Lindsey Graham, who we'll talk about. On Monday, seven freshman Democrats who are veterans of the military, defense, and intelligence in swing districts wrote in an op-ed, if allegations are true, quote, we believe these actions represent an impeachable offense. The seven wrote, quote, we have devoted our lives to the service and security of our country. We have sworn oaths to defend the Constitution, adding, quote, we join to, quote, uphold that oath as we enter uncharted waters. On Monday, the Washington Post reported Speaker Pelosi is quietly sending out her caucus to gauge support for impeachment. As of Monday night, 146 House Democrats backed impeachment. That's out of 235. On Monday at the U.N. summit in New York, Trump skipped a key climate crisis talk and stand reserving a conference room and chairing his own meeting on religious freedoms held in the same building. On Monday, Trump mocked 16-year-old activist Greta Thunberg, who spoke at the U.N. on the dangers to the environment, tweeting, quote, she seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. On Tuesday, Fox News apologized for what it called a, quote, disgraceful comment about Thunberg by guest Michael Knows, who called her a, quote, mentally ill Swedish child. Fox said he will not be booked again. However, Fox News was silent on host Laura Ingram likening Thunberg to the murderous cult of children from Stephen King's Children of the Corn, saying, quote, I can't wait for Stephen King's sequel, Children of the Climate. On Thursday, the Trump regime. Now we're going to talk about what Trump is doing at the with refugees and at the southern border. On Thursday, the Great Whitening of America. Trump regime slashed the refugee cap to 18,000 for the coming year. To put this into some perspective, that's down from 30,000 last year, 45,000 in Trump's first year, and from 110,000 when Obama left office. And along with that, most of the 18 slots are reserved. The regime will reserve 4,000 for Iraqis in the U.S. military, 5,000 for those being persecuted for religion. With a revised cap, the regime essentially eliminated all spots for people fleeing persecution or war. When Trump took office, the U.S. was the world's leading destination for refugees. Now we're basically taking none. On Thursday, the Anti-Defamation League said in a new report it was classifying the OK hand gesture as a hate symbol, along with several others, to its database of slogans and symbols used by extremists. On Friday, a federal judge blocked the Trump regime's efforts to detain migrant families indefinitely, preserving the landmark 1997 settlement known as the Flores Agreement. Judge Dolly G. wrote that the Trump regime's efforts failed, quote, to implement and are inconsistent with the Flores Agreement, adding, quote, the blessing or the curse of a binding contract is its certitude. On Friday, a federal judge blocked the Trump regime's efforts to expand a program known as expedited removal, which fast-tracked deportations by sending recent border crossers within 100 miles back to Mexico. The judge said the regime's decision-making process appeared to violate federal law and appeared arbitrary. She also faulted the regime for not carrying out the notice and comment practice required to change federal law. 
On Friday, the American Medical Association, citing a wave of killings of at least 18 transgender people across the country, most of them transgender women of color, declared the killings an an epidemic. On Tuesday, the UK's Supreme Court's 11 justices unanimously ruled that Prime Minister Boris Johnson suspending Parliament for five weeks ahead of the October 31 Brexit deadline was illegal. The court ruled the suspension void and of no effect, and Parliament reconvened Wednesday. Amid calls for him to resign, Johnson, who was at the UN General Assembly, said he was disagreed profoundly and then left to fly back. So, and again, we've been watching Brexit happen just, you know, a few months, and as the UK has kind of been a few months ahead of us, it seems like we're seeing, as we talk about week after week, the authoritarian figures that have been rising up starting to fall, including at home, thankfully. On Tuesday, speaking to reporters before delivering his speech to the UN General Assembly, Trump changed the story of why he halted aid to Ukraine, saying it was not about corruption. Ooh. But aid from European countries, Trump said, quote, I'll continue to withhold aid until such time as Europe and other nations contribute to Ukraine, falsely claiming, quote, because they're not doing it. It's the United States. We're putting up the bulk of the money. Trump said he authorized the release of the call transcript, saying, quote, you will see it was a very friendly and totally appropriate call, no quid pro quo, and saying he is the target of the, quote, most destructive witch hunt of all time. Trump later said Pompeo had received permission from Ukraine for the release of the call transcript, tweeting, quote, they don't know either what the big deal is. One person familiar with the release said, quote, it's an incredible miscalculation. On Tuesday, Trump delivered his third UN General Assembly speech. Those of you who heard it or watched, I described it this way, uncharacteristically, a subdued Trump read from the teleprompter with little inflection in his voice. It's something I've never seen him really do. He read, he didn't go off the transcript, he barely looked up, he was just flat. You could tell that he knew at this point. He was like the rat being cornered. World leaders remained quiet as he spoke. Trump delivered a 30-minute nationalist speech, saying the future belongs to patriots, not globalists citing illegal immigration and socialism and criticizing other countries that he believed are treating the U.S. unfairly. In a 24-hour period, 57 House Democrats, including moderate Democrats who won in Trump districts, switched their position to supporting a formal impeachment proceeding, bringing the total to 197. Representative John Lewis announced support, saying, quote, there comes a time when you have to be moved by the spirit of history to take action, adding, quote, to delay or to do otherwise would betray the foundation of our democracy. Senator Dick Durbin, the number two Senate Democrat, joined the call for impeachment. We've already talked about Senator Patty Murray and Debbie Stabenow, who are number three and four, have already come out for impeachment. Ten other senators joined as well. An NBC News analyst called, said Trump called Pelosi Tuesday morning and asked, quote, can we work something out on the whistleblower complaint? She reportedly responded, tell your people to obey the law, and she was moving ahead. Pelosi reportedly also told Trump, you have come into my wheelhouse due to her 25 years in House intelligence, including as chair of that committee. 
Pelosi said her leadership team considered forming a select committee to conduct the inquiry. On Tuesday at 5 p.m., and that's the photo accompanying this week's list, Speaker Pelosi took the extraordinary step of announcing a formal impeachment inquiry, speaking for five minutes in front of American flags, saying that Trump had violated the Constitution. Pelosi said, quote, the actions of the Trump presidency have revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betraying of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of the elections. Pelosi said for the past several months, House committees have gathered, quote, all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including, quote, the utmost gravity of articles of impeachment. Moments later, in a series of tweets, Trump said, quote, such an important day at the United Nations, adding, quote, the Democrats purposely had to ruin and demean it with more breaking news, witch hunt garbage. Trump also tweeted, Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff, and of course, Maxine Waters. Can you believe this? Adding, quote, they never even saw the transcript of the call, a total witch hunt, and in capital letters, presidential harassment. Shortly after, Trump told reporters, impeachment is a, quote, continuation of the witch hunt and will be a, quote, positive for me in the election, adding, quote, by the way, she hasn't even seen the phone call. The phone call was perfect. Trump, who was unusually subdued, alleged without evidence that Biden and his son profited from dealing with Ukraine. He also insulted journalists and and accused the Washington Post of publishing a fake article. During his press conference, MSNBC host Nicole Wallace cut away to tell his viewers, we hate to do this, but the president isn't telling the truth. NBC's Andrea Mitchell said, quote, we don't know what he's talking about. Trump's campaign sent out a fundraising text after the announcement, raising $1 million in three hours, and according to campaign manager Brad Parscale's tweet, bringing in $5 million in the 24 hours post-Pelosi's announcement. So this is where we saw Trump and his propaganda machine go into action with absolute lies, and we're going to see how that all plays out. Later, Pelosi told reporters Trump admitted he spoke to Zelensky, quote, about something that would assist him in this election, adding, quote, so that has changed everything. It's a really sad day for our country. On Tuesday, Politico reported Trump has approved and the White House is prepared to release the whistleblower complaint to Congress by the end of the week, reversing its position to withhold the document. On Tuesday, the Senate unanimously Again, the Senate unanimously passed a non-binding measure urging Trump to release the whistleblower complaint. The measure was introduced by Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. On Tuesday, the Washington Post report, and and the Post and the New York Times did some incredible reporting this week, as did Politico and CNN. But the Washington Post reported Trump's moves with Ukraine began shortly after Zelensky was sworn in in April. And Giuliani saw in him a political neophyte and possible ally for Trump to go after political opponents. So again, this started back in April. After the Mueller probe ended, Giuliani focused on Ukraine and pushed for personnel changes at the U.S. Embassy while deploying his own emissaries and seeking meetings with officials working for Zelensky. Giuliani targeted the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Yovanovitch, a career official falsely claiming she had a secret role in exposing Paul Manafort and was in a conspiracy with George Soros. She was fired. 
Washington Post also reported the National Security Council officials feared, based on meetings before the July 25th phone call, that Trump was prepared to use U.S. leverage with Ukraine's new leader for his own political gain. Officials described an atmosphere of intense pressure inside the NSC since the existence of the complaint became known. Trump tweeted of the whistleblower, quote, Is he on our country's side? Where does he come from? On Wednesday, a Quinnipiac poll, and just listen to these polls as the week played out. A Quinnipiac poll found 37% of voters said Trump should be impeached and removed from office, while 57% said he should not. That poll was conducted last Thursday through Monday before Pelosi announced the impeachment. So that's the last poll that we know before we're going to get in later in the week after the announcement. Again, 30, only 37% for on Wednesday, the White House released a rough five-page transcript of the call between Trump and Ukrainian president, describing it as a memorandum of a telephone conversation that is not a verbatim account. And many, um, like Jill Wine Banks, who had been involved with the Nixon impeachment, reminded us that when T- Nixon uh, sent out transcripts of the call, they were doctored and not true, and so warned us to be careful of what we gleaned from this. And the White House did say the memorandum of the telephone side, it was a memorandum and not a verbatim account. The White House said the transcript reflects the notes and memories of those in the situation room during the call, and that a number of factors could impact what went on the record. So again, they're already warning us that this isn't something precise. The call begins with Trump congratulating Zelensky, but quickly Trump pressed him to investigate his political rivals, including Biden, and a conspiracy theory that Hillary Clinton's email server is in the Ukraine. We're still on the email server. These people are fucking insane. Excuse me, are darn insane. When Zelensky mentions buying more U.S. missiles, Trump says, quote, I would like you to do us a favor because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot of things. Adding, quote, the server, they say Ukraine has it. Trump repeatedly said Zelensky should work with Attorney General Barr or Giuliani to investigate Biden. Trump said, quote, I would like to have the Attorney General call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. Trump also told Zelensky, there's a lot of talk of Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution of his son, adding, quote, Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. It sounds horrible to me. Zelensky responded, quote, my candidate for the prosecutor's job, quote, will look into the situation and noted he stayed at the Trump Tower during his last visit to New York City. They know how to button, how to butter up Trump. In a statement, spokesperson Kerry Kupek said the DOJ's criminal division, quote, reviewed the official record of the call and found, quote, there was no campaign finance violation and that no further action was warranted. Kupak also said Bard did not speak to Trump, quote, about having Ukraine investigate anything related to the former Vice President Biden or his son, nor did Barr discuss, quote, anything related to Ukraine with Giuliani. Trump publicly acknowledged he asked Zelensky to investigate Biden's son, however. Hunter Biden was not accused of any wrongdoing. Joe Biden and other Western officials did press Ukraine to fire its top prosecutor. Shortly after the transcript was released, Trump claimed victory, telling reporters, quote, it's the single greatest witch hunt in American history, probably in history, but in American history. It's a disgraceful thing. Trump also said, quote, there was no pressure, and quote, the way you had that build up, that call, it was going to be the call from hell. 
I think people are instead saying, I never knew you could be so nice. Later in a joint appearance at the UN, Zelensky told reporters, nobody pushed me, and Trump added, in other words, no pressure. Trump said Pelosi, quote, lost her way and, quote, had been taken over by the radical left. Trump also tweeted, quote, will the Democrats apologize after seeing what was said on the call with Ukrainian president? They should. A perfect call. Got them by surprise. Trump quoted Fox and Friends co-host Steve Ducey, tweeting, quote, Democrats have been talking about impeachment since before he was inaugurated. And Fox host Brett Baer saying, quote, you don't see a direct quid pro quo in this. On Wednesday, the Washington Post reported several Senate Republicans were stunned by the transcript and questioned the White House's judgment in releasing it, with one anonymously calling it a, quote, huge mistake. Senator Romney said it remains troubling in the extreme, while aides for others fretted having to defend Trump. Loyalist Senator Lindsey Graham tweeted, quote, what a nothing non-quid pro quo burger. On Wednesday, Cindy McCain, wife of the late Senator John McCain, Graham's best friend, said the GOP is, quote, excluding people for the wrong reason and is no longer, quote, the party that my husband and I belonged to. Axios reported some of Trump's advisors thought the release was a mistake. White House counsel Pat Cipollone invited Trump's most loyal lawmakers to come hear talking points in the morning before the call transcript was released. Later Wednesday, the White House mistakenly sent Trump Ukraine talking points to Democratic lawmakers and staffers in an email titled, quote, What You Need to Know, President Trump's Call with President Zelensky. Talking points included, there was no quid pro quo, and what Trump talked about was entirely proper, and Trump did not mention Giuliani or Biden until after President Zelensky had raised Giuliani first. On Wednesday, Politico reported House Democrats discussed narrowing the impeachment focus in a morning meeting to Trump's implicit threat to withhold military aid unless Ukraine investigated the Bidens. Democrats hope to seize the public fervor and move to articles of impeachment by year end or sooner. As of Wednesday morning, 208 House Democrats had come out for starting impeachment. So remember, Monday we were at 146, now we're at 208 on Wednesday. On Wednesday, Washington Post reported acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, threatened to resign if he could not speak freely at his testimony Thursday before House and Senate intelligence committees about the whistleblower complaint. After the Post reporting, McGuire denied it in a statement saying, quote, at no point have I considered resigning from my post and White House press secretary tweeted, this is actually not true. Later Wednesday, NBC News reported Trump allies are concerned about Giuliani's exposure, given he has no official role. A senior official said his claim that the State Department, quote, asked me to look into Ukraine is false. The State Department, however, acknowledged one of its officials put Giuliani in touch with a senior aide to Zelensky, but said his claims that he worked through the State Department to coordinate his talk is highly questionable. On Wednesday, NPR reported the Pentagon sent a letter to four congressional committees in May certifying that the government of Ukraine had taken steps of reform to reform against corruption and that the Pentagon had okayed $250 million in military aid. That, again, letter was sent in May. Again, that aid did not go out till September. <laughs> 
On Wednesday, the whistleblower complaint was delivered to Congress late in the day to a secure facility where senior intelligence lawmakers known as the Gang of Eight were able to view it. On Wednesday, the House voted 421 to 0 on a non-binding resolution calling on Trump to turn over the whistleblower complaint. The measure was amended to mirror the Senate version passed unanimously Tuesday. So how often have we seen the Senate and the House unanimously agree on anything? That was to release the whistleblower complaint late Wednesday. On Wednesday, the Senate also voted to terminate Trump's February declaration of a national emergency at the southern border. Eleven Republicans voted with Democrats. To date, the regime has reprogrammed about $6.1 billion of funds to build Trump's wall. The Senate also voted to reject the emergency declaration in March, but the measure was vetoed last time by Trump. On Wednesday at a pretrial conference for Roger Stone, the defense revealed they may call Steve Bannon as a witness, and the judge deferred ruling on whether a clip of The Godfather can be used by prosecutors. On Wednesday, a federal judge issued a one-day stay of the Manhattan District Attorney's subpoena for Trump's personal and business tax returns, instructing lawyers to come to an agreement on how to proceed. On Thursday, the Manhattan DA office said it, quote, reached a temporary arrangement to pause the subpoena until October 7th. The letter also said Trump's accounting firm, Mazars USA, quote, will resume gathering and preparing all documents responsive to the subpoena and will begin a, quote, rolling production at the expiration of this agreement. So that's happening alongside what we're talking about here, the tax returns. On Thursday, The Hill reported a group of scientists whose advisory panel was disbanded by EPA Director Andrew Wheeler planned to form their own group to study air pollution without the backing of the government. The former director of the Science Advisory Board said, quote, This is the first time in the history of the EPA where the credibility of the agency's science review process has been so compromised that an independent group is needed. How often do we say that, folks? This is unprecedented. This is the first time. We say that a lot of times each week. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported in late August, two top intelligence officials asked if the DOJ, if the whistleblower complaint should be forwarded to Congress and were told no, the DOJ would handle the criminal referral. After four weeks, the DOJ decided Trump had not violated campaign finance laws. After the call transcript became public, the DOJ response furthered the perception that Attorney General Barr is acting as Trump's ally and protector. A DOJ official said Barr did not know about the call until the DNI and Inspector General sent the complaint. However, the DOJ advised Director of National Intelligence McGuire not to forward the complaint to Congress and ruled out criminal conduct by Trump. At the behest of Trump, Barr is also overseeing a review of what role countries, including Ukraine, played in the FBI's decision to start a counterintelligence investigation of Trump's campaign in the 2016 election. So folks, William Barr has become Trump's Roy Cohn. And we're going to be hearing a lot more about Barr this week and in future weeks because all of these mo- this mosaic of being is being put together of all the things that he has done to protect Trump and not doing his job as the chief law enforcement official of our country. On Thursday, Trump tweeted, quote, <clears throat> the markets would crash if he was impeached. On Tuesday, ahead of Pelosi's announcement, the S&P and NASDAQ had the worst day in a month, but rebounded on Wednesday. 
On Thursday, a declassified copy of the whistleblower complaint was publicly released that morning on Thursday. So Wednesday, we got the call transcript. Thursday, we got the whistleblower complaint. It detailed Trump's using the power of his office to try to get Ukraine to interfere in the 2020 election by investigating Biden. The complaint also showed the whistleblower was not just alarmed by the call, but also a four-month pattern of behavior. And this was, quote, not the first time a transcript was placed in a highly classified server to protect Trump. The complaint is based on months of conversations with colleagues, quote, in the course of official interagency business. The whistleblower was not a direct witness to many of the events described in the complaint. The complaint stated State Department official Ulrich Birdwell was in the room for the call. After the call, two senior State Department officials had to advise Ukrainian leaders on, quote, how to navigate Trump's demands. The complaint cited multiple White House officials who were, quote, deeply disturbed about what they heard on the call, believing that likely, quote, they had witnessed the president abuse his office for personal gain. The complaint states Trump, quote, sought to pressure the Ukrainian leader to take actions to help his 2020 reelection campaign, adding Giuliani was, quote, a central figure in this effort and Barr, quote, appears to be involved as well. The complaint by an intelligent officials cited an attempted cover-up, saying, quote, senior White House officials had intervened to lock down all records of the phone call, especially the official word-for-word transcript. The complaint, and so remember, the transcript that I read from was one given from the White House. We don't know its total validity. It's based on memory of officials. It could have been altered. So we haven't seen the word-for-word transcript yet. The complaint stated the transcript was placed on an isolated computer system. Quote, the president's call with President Zelensky was placed into a computer system managed directly by the National Security Council. The complaint added, quote, the set of actions underscored to me that White House officials understood the gravity of what had transpired in the call, noting it is, quote, customary to keep transcripts of calls in the situation room. The complaint stated there were, quote, approximately a dozen White House officials on the call, and the whistleblower said, quote, multiple officials recounted fact patterns that were consistent with one another. The complaint said Trump made clear a future meeting or call with Zelensky would depend on whether he would, quote, play ball on investigating Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and other matters. The complaint said Trump, quote, instructed Vice President Pence to cancel his planned trip to Ukraine for Zelensky's inauguration, saying it was, quote, made clear to them Trump wanted to see how Zelensky, quote, chose to act. The complaint cites a four-month pattern of actions and cover-ups that, quote, pose risks to U.S. national security and undermine the U.S. government's efforts to deter and counter foreign interference in U.S. elections. So that was the outline of the complaint. And then around the same time on Thursday, the LA Times reported Speaking at a private breakfast in New York, where he wound up UN events, Trump called reporters scum and raged at Democrats and the whistleblower. Trump said the whistleblower, quote, never saw the report, never saw the call, never saw, he never saw the call, said that twice, and said, quote, I want to know who's the person and who gave them the information, adding, quote, 
because that's close to a spy. Trump also said of the whistleblower, quote, you know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart, right? The spies and treason, we used to handle it a little differently than we do now. On Thursday, Chairman Chair Schiff called Trump's remarks, quote, witness intimidation, citing Trump's, quote, suggestion that those involved in the whistleblower complaint should be dealt with, as we used to do for spies and treason. On Thursday, Pelosi told reporters, outlining information in the complaint, quote, this is a cover-up. She also said her caucus had reached a consensus that impeachment would focus on this allegation related to Ukraine. On Thursday, acting DNA McGuire testified before the House Intelligence Committee for three hours, the first Trump regime member to speak publicly about the whistleblower complaint. McGuire defended his actions to not turn over the complaint to Congress, saying he consulted with the White House and Department of Justice and could not act until they resolved if the materials contained any materials protected by executive privilege. McGuire said he consulted with the White House, then the Office of Legal Counsel. The OLC found the complaint was not of urgent concern under the whistleblower law, which mandates handing it over to Congress. Somehow that's not of urgent concern, according to Barr's DOJ. McGuire expressed, quote, support for the whistleblower, who followed regular procedures for raising a concern with the Inspector General and whose identity he said he did not know. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, quote, Adam Schiff has zero credibility, another fantasy to hurt the Republican Party. Schiff told reporters, quote, I'm always flattered when I'm attacked by someone of Trump's character. Trump also tweeted, little Adam Schiff, well, that's L-D-D-L-E apostrophe, Adam Schiff, and that, quote, the whistleblower, even though he or she only had secondhand information, is credible, calling it a Democrat scam. Shortly after, the New York Times reported the whistleblower is a male who works for the CIA. Lawyers for the whistleblower refused to confirm and said publishing information about him was dangerous. The Times drew widespread criticism for revealing information on the whistleblower. The executive editor, Dean Bequay, said the Times was right to provide information to let readers decide if the whistleblower is credible. On Thursday, CNN reported Rudy Giuliani told them he has, quote, no knowledge of any of that crap in the complaint. Giuliani, who was in the room at the Trump Hotel D.C., could be heard listening to McGuire testifying in the background. Giuliani also refuted that two State Department officials had spoken to him to, quote, contain the damage, saying he had a nice little trail of text messages, conversation with top U.S. diplomat, Kurt Volker to prove his story. On Thursday, Pompeo told reporters he had not fully read the whistleblower complaint, but said, to the best of my knowledge, the State Department acted appropriately. Again, what's the likelihood that Pompeo hasn't read the report? And to the best of his knowledge. The cover-up continues. On Thursday, the New York Times reported in the complaint, Trump told Zelensky that Marie Yanovachevich, his former ambassador to Ukraine, was, quote, bad news, adding, quote, she's going to go through things. She's going to go through some things. Yovanovitch, a decorated 33-year veteran of the State Department, was vilified by the right-wing news and called a joker by Donald Jr. for allegedly being disloyal to Trump and disparaging him behind his back. 
A former Ukrainian prosecutor claimed Yovanovitch blocked him and his team from getting visas to come to the U.S. and deliver damaging information about Joe and Hunter Biden to the FBI. Later Thursday, appearing on Fox News, on Fox News host Laura Ingram's show, Giuliani read a series of personal texts from his iPad to show how involved the State, <laughs> the State Department was in his actions with Ukraine. So again, like earlier in the day while watching McGuire at the Trump Hotel DC, <laughs> Giuliani is talking to all the media and then he goes on Laura Ingram's show at 10 o'clock at night and reads off these texts that he had with the State Department to prove he's right. So this is going well. On Thursday, the Washington Post's impeachment counter, count tracker noted 218 House lawmakers now support an impeachment inquiry of Trump, a majority of the House. On Thursday, Hillary Clinton said in an interview with CBS News that Trump, quote, knows he's an illegitimate president and that he knows that he stole the 2016 election through, quote, many varying tactics. On Thursday morning, Consult found support for impeachment is up 13 net points since the weekend, with support of impeachment up 7 points from 36% to 43%, and opposition dropping by 6 points. On Thursday, Governor Phil Scott of Vermont was the first GOP governor to back an impeachment inquiry. Later that day, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker became the second. Both have been openly critical of Trump. On Friday, Representative Mark Amadei became the first Republican member of the House to back an impeachment inquiry, saying, quote, I'm a big fan of oversight, so let's the committees get to work and see where it goes. On Friday, the Connecticut Post was the first editorial board to call on Trump to step down, citing Trump's behavior being, quote, far outside acceptable norms of a Democratic leader. And then here's a fun story. On Thursday, Vanity Fair reported on management bedlam at Fox News as Trump faces impeachment, even as allies put on a brave face and parrot talking points. Concerns remain about the unraveling of his presidency. Reportedly, host Sean Hannity told friends the whistleblower allegations are, quote, really bad. And Fox Corp CEO Lachlan Murdoch is already thinking about how to position the cable network in a post-Trump era. Infighting has also broken out between the network's news and opinion sides with battles playing out on air. And I happened to see one of those. It was delicious. Between Shepard Smith and Tucker Carlson for two days. I happened to tune into Tucker Carlson's show and he was like going at Shepard Smith. <laughs> it was lovely. Well, executive asked him to stop by day three. On Friday, Fox News host Chris Wallace clashed with fellow host Sandra Spin, saying, quote, the spinning that has been done for the president's defenders over the last 24 hours since this is damaging and deeply misleading. On Friday, Fox News correspondent Geraldo Rivera told Fox and Friends, the whistleblower is a, quote, rotten snitch, adding, I'd love to whap him. That's another story. Co-host Ainsley Earhart said there's no proof that Trump did anything wrong in asking Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden, falsely claiming, quote, we don't have proof that the president was holding back aid for the investigation. So that's life over at Fox News. On Thursday, Politico reported that Chairman Schiff told his committee the White House had, quote, hijacked the release of 53 witness interviews authorized by the committee chair under Chair Devin Nunes over a year ago. 
The transcripts were delivered to the DNI for review. Then in March, when the office said it was ready to share, the White House intervened, holding them up for months to supposedly screen for executive privilege. So that's related to the Mueller probe uh, and interviews that were sought over a year ago. And again, the White House stonewalling. On Thursday, Pelosi announced that the House Intelligence Committee will take the lead on the narrow impeachment inquiry. Pelosi said, quote, the focus now is on this allegation, adding, quote, this is a cover-up. The Judiciary Committee will continue its probe of the Mueller findings and more, and the other four committees will continue their ongoing investigations of Trump while the Ukraine investigation plays out. On Friday, Trump attacked Schiff again in a series of tweets, saying, quote, to show you how dishonest the lamestream media is, I use the word little, not little, in describing, spelled describing wrong, corrupt Congressman Little Adam Schiff. Trump apparently was referring to a segment on CNN, but it was unclear what he meant. He also tweeted, low-rating CNN, purposely took out the hyphen, and said I spelled the word little wrong. Dictionary Merriam-Webster tweeted a clarification. A hyphen is a mark used to divide or to compound words. An apostrophe is a mark, which is the one Trump used, to indicate the omission of letters or figures. So even the dictionaries are mocking Trump at this point, and no one knows what the hell he's talking about. Trump also attacked Schiff for describing at the opening of the hearing him telling Zelensky seven times to, quote, make up dirt on my political opponent, tweeting Schiff, quote, fraudulently read to Congress. Trump added in capital letters about Schiff, quote, he was desperate and he got caught, and, quote, lied to Congress, and, quote, attempted to defraud the American people. Trump called on Schiff to immediately resign from Congress based on this fraud. Schiff responded, tweeting, quote, you engaged in a shakedown to get election dirt from a foreign country, to which Trump responded, saying Schiff should be investigated and calling him a sick man. Trump allies also mocked Schiff on Fox and Friends, with Trump attorney Jay Sekulow likening it to a Saturday Night Live routine and White House spokesman Hogan Gidley calling it some type of creepy excuse me, crazy cosplay. On Friday, House Freedom Caucus Chair-elect Andy Biggs introduced a resolution to censure Schiff, saying his comments were, quote, egregiously false and fabricated retelling that had no relation to the call itself. So this was the, the distraction, the shiny coins they tried to show, to throw uh, for anyone who still believes this stuff, which apparently are people that watch Fox News or some of them. On Friday on MSNBC, Speaker Pelosi accused the White House of, quote, a cover-up of the cover-up and said of Attorney General Barr he has gone rogue with his handling of the controversy. Later, Pelosi told CNN, I do think the Attorney General has gone rogue, and, quote, he has for a long time now, adding, quote, it's curious that he would be making decisions about how the complaint would be handled. On Friday, more than 300 former U.S. national security and foreign policy officials said in a statement Trump's actions are a, quote, profound national security concern, and they supported an inquiry to determine the facts. The statement signed by officials who worked for administrations of both parties said, quote, there is no escaping that we already know is serious enough to merit impeachment proceedings. On Friday, the Wall Street Journal reported Pence advised Trump not to release a transcript of the Ukraine call, raising concerns of the president. He later sided with Trump, who felt messaging had gotten away and it was his only option. 
On Friday, CNN reported Corey Lewandowski has had conversations with White House officials in recent days about taking a position within the regime as a lead on the impeachment team. Discussions, including a Thursday afternoon meeting at the White House, revealed Trump does not yet have a strategy. However, White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham denied an impeachment response team is in the works. On Friday, CNN reported the White House acknowledged regime officials directed that the call transcript with Ukraine be filed in a highly classified system, confirming allegations in the whistleblower complaint. The phone call did not contain intelligence secrets or military plans, which would merit moving it to a highly classified system. There was also, again, no evidence of any wrongdoing by Joe or Hunter Biden. On Friday, NPR reported, according to a newly released Senate report, after an 18-month investigation, the National Rifle Association acted as a, quote, foreign asset for Russia in the period leading up to the 2016 election. I'm going to say that again. A report done by a Senate committee. An investigation over 18 months found the National Rifle Association acted as a foreign asset for Russia in the period leading up to the 2016 election. This is a really important story that in the chaos got no attention. The report also described how closely the NRA was involved in organizing a 2015 visit by some of its leaders to Moscow. Senator Ron Wyden said the Senate investigation could have legal implications for the NRA. On Friday, the New York Times reported Trump met with the NRA's Wayne LaPierre at the White House to discuss prospective gun legislation and whether the NRA could help Trump as he faces impeachment and a tough re-election. LaPierre asked Trump to, quote, stop the games over gun control legislation. Later that evening, the NRA issued a statement denying the Times reporting of a special arrangement pertaining to support. On Friday, the Washington Post reported the Fraternal Order of Police, an umbrella group in D.C. of police unions, is holding its annual holiday gala at Trump Hotel, D.C. during criticism over costs and associating with association with Trump. The head of three police unions said they were put off by the selection. Some are also upset over the choice given they went without pay for six weeks during the government shutdown in early 2019. On Friday, Kurt Volker, who served part-time as the State Department Special Envoy for Ukraine, resigned. House leaders announced Friday they would interview Volker as part of their investigation next week. On Friday, three House Democrat committees sent subpoenas to Pompeo, the first subpoenas of the impeachment inquiry, demanding he produce documents and a slate of witnesses related to his dealings with Ukraine. The subpoenas from Oversight, Intelligence, and Foreign Affairs stated, quote, your failure or refusal to comply with the subpoena shall constitute evidence of obstruction of the House's impeachment inquiry. That's important, folks. I'm going to say that again. They are laying out up front. If you do not cooperate, if you stonewall, your failure or refusal to comply with the subpoena shall constitute evidence of obstruction of the House's impeachment inquiry. That's important. Depositions requested all went also went to Yovanovitch, who we've talked about, Volker, who just resigned, George Kent, Ulrich uh, Breckball, who we said was on the call, and Gordon Sondland, who was the ambassador to the EU. Democrats said despite the two-week recess started Friday, more subpoenas were forthcoming, as well as possibly the first formal impeachment hearing next week before the House Intelligence Panel. 
on Friday. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov told reporters he hoped the U.S. would not release a transcript of the phone conversations between Vladimir Putin and Trump. Peskov said, quote, We would like to hope that it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't come to that in our relations, which are already troubled by a lot of problems. He also called publication of the Trump-Zelensky call, quote, quite unusual. On Friday, the Washington Post reported at Trump's 2017 meeting in the Oval Office after he fired Comey with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Ambassador Sergei Kislyak, he said he was not concerned about Moscow's 2016 election interference. Oh, really? Trump cited because the U.S. did the same in other countries. His remarks alarmed White House officials and prompted them to limit access to a memo summarizing the meeting to an unusually small number of people. Okay, so that we have, folks. We already knew about the cover-up of the call with Zelensky. Now we know the cover-up of a meeting with two Russians in 2017. The White House limited access to Trump's calls with foreign leaders after he made, we also know that Trump, and this is also coming out with the reporting, that the White House limited access to Trump's calls with foreign leaders after remarks he made to leaders of Mexico and Australia that had appeared in the media. The Lavrov meeting was limited to an even smaller group. On Friday, CNN reported the White House also tried to restrict access to Trump's calls with Putin and Saudi Arabia Prince MBS. Crown Prince MBS reported the aides took steps to keep the conversations from becoming public. For Trump's calls with Crown Prince MBS, a transcript was never circulated to officials who ordinarily would have access. The call happened shortly after the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Access to the transcript over at least one call with Putin was also tightly restricted. It was not clear if aides also moved these calls to the highly secured electronic system cited in the whistleblower complaint. So now we know calls with Ukraine, calls with Russia, calls with Saudi Arabia have been taken off the normal course of how those transcripts would be kept. And at least one we know for sure was hidden on a highly classified site. That's Ukraine. We don't know yet about calls with Vladimir Putin or Crown Prince MBS, but more will be coming. On Friday, the Washington Post reported Giuliani canceled a scheduled paid appearance on a panel at a Kremlin-backed conference in Armenia next week that Putin and other Russian officials are expected to attend. Oh, really? The conference was sponsored by Russia and Moscow-based Eurasia Economic Union, a counterweight to the European Union. Earlier Friday, Giuliani told the Post he still planned to attend, but canceled later. On Friday, the Washington Post reported in remarks to the U.S. mission to the United Nations on Thursday, Trump said he discussed Hunter Biden's China work with Stephen Schwartzman, Blackstone CEO, and his China go-between. Trump alleges without evidence that Hunter got the Chinese to put $1.5 billion into an investment fund. Investigators may now examine if Trump sought information on the Bidens from China. Schwartzman said no comment. But the later Friday, Bloomberg reported a spokesperson for Schwartzman said, quote, Steve never spoke to the president about Joe Biden or his family, nor has he had any conversations with the Chinese about Biden or his family. On Friday, a Hill-Harris-X survey found support for impeachment proceedings rose by 12 points from June to 47 percent, now 42 percent opposed. That's up 12 points. We talked about a poll the day before, up 13 points. On Friday, Deutsche Bank told a federal appeals court that it is the tax returns of two Trump family members 
but did not disclose their identities. On Friday, the chairman of the Federal Election Commission, Ellen Weitraub, revealed in a series of tweets that GOP FEC Commissioner Caroline Hunt took the unprecedented step of blocking publication of a weekly digest. The blockade came after Weintraub included a, quote, draft interpretive rule concerning prohibited activities involving foreign nationals on the FEC website. Hunter objected to it being added to the weekly digest. On Saturday, Saturday, Politico reported Republican lawmakers are concerned about Giuliani's public behavior and statements, with several saying he should stop speaking out or go away on vacation from public eye. Republican lawmakers are also privately expressing concern about Giuliani's role in the Ukraine episode. Democrats are considering bringing him to testify after subpoenaing State Department documents. On Saturday, a third poll in three days showed growing support for impeachment. An NPR PBS NewsHour Marist survey found 49% approval for impeachment, 46% disapprove, a 10-point jump. On Saturday, in a tweet, Trump explicitly singled out two Jewish members of Congress and four women of color, calling them, quote, do-nothing Democrats savages. Trump tweeted, quote, people like Nadler Schiff, AOC plus three, and many more had a Republican party who would have done to Obama what the do-nothings are doing to me, adding, quote, oh, well, maybe next time. Shortly after, Trump sent three additional tweets, presidential harassment in capital letters, make America great again in capital letters, and keep America great. On Saturday, Trump arrived at the Trump National Golf Course in Sterling, Virginia, for his 233rd day of golf at a Trump course, a 306th visit to a Trump property since taking office. As the week ended, 225 House members had come out for an impeachment inquiry, including 223 of the 235 House Democrats, one Independent, and one Republican. So that caps off this week, folks, our march towards impeachment. We are finally here. There's going to be a lot of news next week as well, so you'll be tuning in for what I suspect is going to be another long weekly list. Thank you for joining us, and here's to hoping... Finally, we are at the beginning of the end.